this guy has been a part of our history, and I'm not sure if he's been keeping tabs on how long this thing's been going on. 20 years this month we'll celebrate Speed Freaks. Author, PR extraordinaire, friend of the Freak Nation, Jade Gerse, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Jade, is that kind of a kick in the nuts for you when you hear that we've been around for 20 years? <laughs> Um, you know, I occasionally feel a, a little old, but I, I prefer to think of it as uh, being uh, very experienced. <laughs> so I'll put you guys in that category. <laughs> well, of course, we when we met you, you were working with Dale Earnhardt Jr. as his PR person at the time. And then, of course, Driver Number 8 came out, and we get a shout-out in Driver <laughs> Number 8. I, I kept, in our rookie year. Yeah. I kept, <laughs> which was badass. I remember the interview and everything that went down with Dale Earnhardt Jr. at that time. I think he was calling in from a hotel in Southern California, getting set for something to do on Fox. I don't remember what it was. But it's been a long time, man, since you've been been a part of our lives. And it's cool to see that you're still active. You have the John Andretti book that's that's about to be released. But let's touch on some things prior to the this book coming out. Are you an author first or a PR person first? Um, right now, I would say author, um, mainly because, I, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but um, the, the being on the road 40 weeks a year like I was in the NASCAR era, it, it just doesn't have that appeal anymore now that I'm a more mature adult. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I, I would say now author slash PR, whereas in the early days it was that was reversed. Is this something that you sought out to do when you realized you had a foothold inside the motorsports world with Open Wheel and NASCAR? Is this something that you sought out to do? to bring to light many different stories in the motorsports industry? No, not really. Um, the original idea for driver number eight was I had been pushing and hoping for sort of a, like a documentary version of Dale Jr.'s rookie year. Um, reality TV at that time had really just started. Um, and so that's what I wanted to do. I think nowadays that would, you know, a lot of people would step up to write that check, but uh, at that time, um, it, that didn't work out. So all of these uh, notes and notepads that I had um, really just Dale Jr. and I one night was like, well, let's turn this into something. Let, let's put these to use in some way. And next thing I know, uh, you know, Driver Number 8 uh, became a book instead of a documentary or a film. Jay Gerson, the Freak Nation. Follow him on Twitter at Jay Gers, G-U-R-S-S. You'll learn a lot about the book Racer that he's done with John Andretti. Jay, did that book come from the Andretti family or did you go to them? Uh, I approached John. Um, I, I first met him or first worked with him when Dale Jr. got burned in 2004 in a sports car. And we had John come aboard as a backup driver. And I got to know him better and really realized that th this guy has a brilliant memory and he's a great storyteller. So that, that's the background of it. And I had followed his, his battle with cancer and uh, was talking with a friend and it came up, wow, wouldn't John be someone great to do a book with? So I reached out to him and his immediate response was, this would be great because 
maybe something good can come of this, which he meant um, his cancer, or that we could use a book to educate people about getting a colonoscopy or getting checked early. Uh, he had that program, Check It for Andretti. So that's how, that's how it started. Uh, it took us a while because he went through some unbelievable surgeries and treatments. So we, we sort of had um, time to discuss it, but he just was not of the health to do it. And finally, mm-hmm. in June of last year, he said, Let, you know, I'm feeling better. Let's do this. So uh, that's how it got started. Whoa, so really picked up steam just June of 2019. Yeah, yeah, just uh, almost exactly a year ago. So I would go to his home, and there really were days when he clearly was not feeling very well. He was going through some kind of experimental treatment uh, for his cancer at that time. And I would go to his house, and we would sit in the basement and just talk and he would share stories and I would ask questions. And, um, you know, first of all, I'm a race fan. So for me to be able to hear uh, him talk about his career in IndyCar or NASCAR or winning the Daytona 24 hours, uh, it was great for me, but I think it was great for him to be able to share his life and his story. But this is so... This is so typical of John Andretti. He's not feeling 100%, but he's still willing to share these stories because of his passion for the sport, but also because he was very well aware of who he was in racing. And he was a big philanthropist and big personality outside of the car, not just in the cockpit. Oh, you're exactly right. You know, he laughs. There's a part in the book where he says, look, I'm not going to be in any Hall of Fame as a race car driver. He understood that his impact was outside of the cockpit. And it just it's amazing how he shared the story of, of how that all came about uh, and his effort to help people. Um, one of the important things about this book is that 10% of all proceeds are going to go to the Riley Children's Foundation, the Riley Hospital, awesome. which he had created a program called Race for Riley. He raised more than $4.85 million for them in his life, and he and his family want that to continue. So uh, in line with that, 10% of all the proceeds from the book will go to Riley to help continue helping uh, the very serious, seriously ill children that they treat uh, at the hospital in Indianapolis. I don't think you need a Hall of Fame when you've got names like Peyton Manning and John Andretti with the Riley Children's Hospital. That's A-OK in anybody's book. Yes. Yeah, I'd say as a human, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. He's in the Human Hall of Fame. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. John Andretti's autobiography, Racer, is available for pre-order at octanepress.com. You heard Jade mention that 10% of the proceeds will go to Race for Riley, part of the Riley Children's Foundation that John Andretti set up in Indianapolis. Jade Gers, how do you think people thought about John Andretti? Wasn't as popular as Dale Earnhardt or even Michael Andretti, his cousin. When you talk to people, how did they react about a guy who drove in NASCAR, IndyCar, CART, 
even top fuel in NHRA. How did they react to John Andretti? Yeah, I really did. And as, as an example, um, in the book, we were trying to figure out who could we get to write a forward for the book. And um, we ended up with more than one, and I think we did pretty well. We have uh, his uncle Mario Andretti, his cousin Michael, uh, a guy you guys might have heard of, A.J. Foyt, mm. uh, maybe, maybe. and then the king of NASCAR, Richard Petty. Jeez. All four of those gentlemen wrote a foreword for this book. And I, I was laughing the other day. This is like the Mount Rushmore of American <laughs> <laughs> racing heroes, and they all very much wanted to be involved in, in John's book. So that's just one example of how well-respected he was. What was it that you found out from those individuals, Jade Gerst, that was the most appealing thing to them about John? I mean, his, he was his, his personality was as attractive as anything that he, he never put anybody on the defensive. He just, he seemed to welcome everyone and everything. He, he showed his heart more often than not. Yeah, and it's not only those those four guys, but it's every part of the book. It's called Racer, but honestly, the thread from start to finish is about family. Um, and, you know, someone like Richard Petty talked about how the Petty family, you know, really were um, such a huge part of NASCAR, and here's the Andretti family known for open wheel. And John went from one family to the next to, to become part of the Petty family, uh, you know, and, and that's sort of the highlights of what each of these guys talked about. Um, not a lot of people know that, that A.J. Foyt was John's uh, godfather, and hmm. A.J. talked about what, a, you know, what an honor that was, even though, as he put it, the newspaper kept trying to keep he and Mario fighting uh, through their whole career. So, <laughs> so for me, family is, is sort of the unifying thread from the first page to the last uh, and really helped define John's life. That is fascinating because, yeah, we, we all as race fans want to buy this book to hear the racing stories, but to have that personal element be the common thread from start to finish is just even better. That's, that's just awesome. Now, help me yeah. remember, Jade Gerst joining us here in the Freak Nation. Help me remember, Jade, wasn't John Andretti the first guy to do the double Indy 500, Coke 600? Yes, he was. And he, he jokes that uh, he, he's tired of, he was, got tired of people saying, well, didn't Tony Stewart do it first? <laughs> <laughs> He'd have to correct them that, that actually he was. Uh, there's a whole chapter in the book about that. Uh, with stories that I, I don't think he's shared or not a lot of people know. So, uh, But, yes, he uh, finished 10th in Indianapolis and then uh, flew to, uh, to Charlotte. And uh, his main concern health-wise was getting enough fluids in between the races so he was properly hydrated. So he took an IV on the plane and, and drank a lot of fluid. Well, he got to the Charlotte for the race, and there was so little time, they wouldn't let him go to the bathroom. So he strapped in for the, the Coca-Cola 600, terribly having to go to the bathroom. And he talked about he was never able to, to relieve himself in the race car. And he said, believe, him, believe me, he tried during the, the yellow flag in the 600. But, uh, but anyway, I thought that was funny that uh, 
you know, people don't think about that kind of detail is that uh, he probably should have allowed time to uh, to make a pit stop before he got in the in the stock car that night. That's so he le- he seriously never. Let's just let's just be you know share it as it is. He never peed his fire suit. He literally <laughs> held it no. that entire race. He, he laughed. He said, "I tried. I just <laughs> never could do it in the race car." So <laughs> John Andretti was was detail. John Andretti was pee shy. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that's painful. That's a long. That's the longest race in NASCAR. Oh my god! He he, he laughed. It just past halfway, the car broke, and he said it was uh, a merciful thing because he had to jump out and make a run for it uh, when he got out of the car. So. Oh my god! Jade Gers continues with us. John Andretti autobiography by this guy. It's called Racer. It's now available for pre-order at OctanePress.com. 10% of the proceeds from the book will go to At Race for Riley, a charity that John started many, many years ago. And, Jade, we've talked a lot about the book, Racer. There are other books out there with Driver Number 8, The Beast. Uh, There was another book on Dale Earnhardt Jr., right? In the Red. Yep, called In the Red. And all of these outside of the Waltrip, Daryl Waltrip book, are still in print? That's correct. You might be able to find a used copy of the Daryl Waltrip book, but all the others are still uh, in print. Uh, I'm sure somewhere like an Amazon, you could uh, mm-hmm. pretty much put my name in and uh, find them all for sale there. In your Twitter bio, it says you're a New York Times bestselling author. What the hell does that mean? You see that frequently, <laughs> and it, it sounds good. Does that mean you've sold a certain number of books? What, what does that mean, you're a, best, you're, you're a best-selling author with the New York Times? It means that uh, when you see the New York Times list, which now it seems like there's a hundred different lists. Uh, <laughs> so driver number eight, we were number four on the, the charts there uh, for sales. Uh, and then with the Daryl Walter book, uh, we made it to the, the bestseller list. So wow. uh, it just means that uh, in that particular week uh, in time, uh, whatever book it was sold enough to be you know, ranked in the, the top uh, 20 of, uh, of that particular week. So um, they keep their formula secret so you can't sort of uh, mess with it, but uh, that's what that means. That sounds like NASCAR talk to me, and we have some fun with that. When, no, when, 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 when a driver says, man, I had a top five car. Or well, top 20. Yeah. Top 20 car. Had a top 20 car. Jay Gers had a top four book. You'd rather be four than 20. (laughs) Jade Gersh, you've never been one to hide your feelings and social media. Certainly you haven't hit them from us. But tell us what you could see from the IndyCar and NASCAR, where a lot of your experience lies. Where are we as the country and as the sport in motorsport what are the drivers talking about? What are they feeling? A lot of change is happening in the culture. Is that same change going on in the garage? What do you see, and how is this going to impact uh, the country and the sport itself? You know, I, you know, I, I think what we've seen, uh, you know, like uh, like NASCAR, particularly in the past week, the the drivers themselves have had. Uh, a huge sort of awakening as far as what, what power their voice has when it comes to um, to what social unrest is, is going on. 
Um, you know, I worked with Dale Jr. for so many years, and I'm just I'm so proud of him for taking his considerable vo- considerable voice and using it to talk about equality and and talk about the uh, the things that society is going through, uh, the drivers that all recorded the message that was shown before the NASCAR race today. I, I just, I think that's wonderful, and I think it's very important uh, for drivers to understand the power of their voice and what uh, impact they can have in a positive way beyond just being athletes. Um, and so I'm encouraged by that I, I, on a slightly less serious manner. I also think this, uh, you know, extraordinary times has allowed the fans to see the personalities of a lot of the drivers, yeah. uh, you know, the, the uh, eye racing uh, and the drivers having such a, a, a big social media uh, presence um, have allowed a lot of fans to, to sort of see beyond the helmet or, or you know, the, the, the men and women who are, you know, behind that helmet um, in, a, in a more clear light. Uh, and, and so I think that's very important. That was always, with Dale Jr., the, the important thing in what we tried to do with, with him on interviews or PR was, to, for him to just be real. Don't mm-hmm. try to be something slick or a salesperson for uh, a sponsor. Just be yourself. Be real. Be a human uh, and show real emotion and real uh, views about the world. And I'm encouraged to see that happening uh, more so in these very weird, strange, uncertain times. So um, that that's my two-minute soapbox answer <laughs> to what uh, what I'm seeing uh, in these weird times uh, that are, are in front of us right now. It has been refreshing, especially seeing the younger drivers, whether it's IndyCar or NASCAR or drag racing, to see the younger drivers really take that leap and, and stand up. It seems like they, they were on it before some of the more veteran drivers. So, yeah, that's encouraging for the future. Now, I don't mean to bring this topic down i mean this in a positive way this 2020 has been so strange you brought up i racing and my mind immediately goes to kyle larson he's a good guy he really is i i know he can be better and now with what's gone on over with the riots and the protests since george floyd's death what can kyle larson do or what should he do to be a better person, to come back and show people how much of a mistake he made, but this is what he's doing to correct himself, and he would like to get back to work in racing. Yeah, I, I think he has started the process. Um, in fact, I, I know that, that he was only allowed back in uh, World of Outlaws for for taking a... Uh, uh, I've forgotten what it was called. Basically... Um, yeah. Uh, a, a social empathy or, or yeah, sensitivity uh, training or something. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's step one. Um, and I, honestly, personally, I'm a huge Kyle Larson fan, but, um, you know, what he said was, was terrible. Right. And he's kind of started his way back with the first step. And I, I think he's just going to continue to have to show that he, shows empathy and understanding and, uh, you know, I, I don't think this is a, 
a lifetime ban for NASCAR. I think he'll be back sooner than later. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's taking it seriously and he's doing what he needs to do to show that uh, he understands uh, what was said. Jade Gers, author. The book is called Racer. It's John Andretti. Pre-order. Follow us on Twitter at Kenny and Crash. Excuse me, at Speed Freaks. And we'll shoot you the link where you can pre-order. And is there something going on with the pre-orders with Racer that some, some individuals or an individual may have a chance to spend some time with Mario Andretti? Well, it, it's not quite that great, but uh, <laughs> if you, if, if I, I, I will have to say the publisher uh, posted a tweet that made it sound like, hey, maybe I'll get Mario's phone number or something. It's not quite <laughs> that good, but uh, if you pre-order from the publisher, we're going to do a special uh, night in, at the near the end of June where if, if you pre-order, you get an invitation to a special online chat with uh, Mario Andretti, uh, Johnson, Jarrett Andretti, and then myself. Um, we're, we're trying to line up a big-time host, which I can't say who it is yet, but uh, it, it's going to be a time where we're going to join together and remember John and talk racing, and, and it's just going to be a fun time. So if you pre-order through Octane Press, that's what you get the invitation to is you can uh, join us on a private uh, video uh, chat and uh, listen in and, and join us with questions. And so that, that's what's cool about the pre-orders. But no, you don't get Mario's phone number. <laughs> Jade, we know your relationship with Dale Earnhardt Jr. It's been fun to watch him just develop as a person, as a father, and as a, as a spokesperson for humanity. And I go back to that instance with Richard Childress and Richard Petty, where Richard Petty says, if you, if you take a knee on my team, if I've seen somebody taking a knee on my team, you ought to be kicked out of the country. Richard Childress, I'm going to put you on a Greyhound bus. But during all that, Dale Earnhardt Jr. put out a tweet shortly after that saying, all Americans are granted rights to peaceful protests. That's three years ago, man. Look where we are now. I dare Richard Childress, Richard Petty, to say anything like that at this point. It just shows you the evolution Granted, it's been slow moving, but it just shows you the evolution of NASCAR and these owners when Dale Earnhardt Jr. has had the balls to step up and confront these issues a long time ago. Yeah, he, he's always been good at that. I think in his younger days, uh, in fact, uh, there's a couple of examples in the book Driver Number 8 where uh, he was kind of put in some awkward situations where uh, you know, people wanted him to express support for the Confederate flag and some other things. And he's mm -hmm. definitely matured and, and is just such a strong voice now. Um, I don't have any kids, so I feel like uh, like an older brother with Dale Jr. I'm very proud of <laughs> the adult that he has become. So, uh, uh, you know, whether you agree with him or not, uh, I, I admire the way he has uh, been able to be open and honest about his views on things. And uh, so, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm like the proud older brother and how he's been doing. Jade Gerst, we could ask Dale, but let's ask you this. Where did it come from? Dale changed the atmosphere in the garage at NASCAR, even in his rookie and sophomore years in the cup series. 
he introduced rap artists to a world that only wanted to hear country people. Even uh, the maybe the, the periphery wanted rock, but he introduced rap to NASCAR. Did that come from his mom, his dad, his sister? Where did Dale get this energy from? It, 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 it's interesting. It's, it's a dumb anecdote, but I, I think it, it showed that he realized some things very early in his life. It used to irritate him when he was a teenager when people would come up and want his autograph because he felt like they were only asking him because of who his father was. He didn't feel like they were asking because they knew him or they liked him or they appreciated him. And in an odd way to me, that that shows that he wanted to be recognized or accepted as Dale Jr., not as the son of or, you know, recognized for just being, you know, the offspring of a very popular driver. And, and I know that's, a, that's not a, a, a very impactful example, but I think at a young age, he, he sort of, that sort of impacted him to want to be his own man, to want to be recognized and appreciated as, his own person. Um, and I, I think that was the spark that helped him grow to um, have the strength to be his own, his own person. So, um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to sort of point and say, well, this is why, and, and these are the 10 reasons why. But, uh, <laughs> but to me, that anecdote always resonated with me as something that irritated him, even as a, you know, as a young young teenager. Oh, how the similarities can be drawn to the Andretti family, though, from that as well. <laughs> I'm sure John was in yeah. similar situations. John jokes about it. Uh, he, one of the, the things he said when we first met, he said, I thought my first name was Other. He said, because <laughs> I was always the Other Andretti. Oh, my God. And uh, so, and again, there's a uh, several parts of the book where he talks about um, being not just the son of someone or the, the nephew of someone famous, but someone who was a, a total icon and what impact that had. And uh, some of my favorite anecdotes are his first trip out of the country. He went to a, a formula driving school in Europe and how he realized what his last name meant. Um, and there are some great stories uh, from that uh, segment of the book, but uh but yeah, John really looked at it more with honor and humor than than anything else. So uh, he definitely you know addresses it in in the book. I believe Mario Andretti taught me some bad words in Italian, and it was just awesome. <laughs> I loved it. But I believe that all stemmed from a get together with John Andretti in Italy somewhere. I mean, there's got to be some fantastic Italy stories in the book. There, there are, uh, and uh, it, it's just uh, we talked earlier about that thread of family, yeah. and and that when Mario, I think this would have been uh, probably about ten years ago, the town where Mario and and John's dad Aldo were born uh, invited Mario back to make him the honorary mayor. And so, yeah, was Mario, that Luca? Uh, the town of Luca? Got, 
uh, yes, which actually is no longer in Italy. It's now a part of what was Yugoslavia. Um, and Whoa. so um, they decided as a family, I think it was 29 Andretti's decided they were going to all travel together and join Mario in this celebration with uh, uh, him being appointed the honorary mayor. And they all talk about what uh, a unifying trip it was and how much John learned about, you know, where his father and his uncle had come from. And and he just, he soaked it up and he really loved the, the, the fact that he could learn to understand his family more. And, um, and there certainly are... Uh, great stories in the book about uh, you know what it meant to grow up as the the son of an immigrant and uh, mm. so uh, it, it just it, it that sort of love and connection infuses the whole, the whole book and uh, I, I feel like I talk about it too much because the title is racer and it is about racing but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of family and humanity uh, in there that uh, that carries through that's greatness. Freak Nation, can't say it enough. He's a great follow on Twitter, at Jade Gersh. 25 years in the motorsports PR. New York Times bestselling author, of course, his new book, Racer, up for grabs now for pre-orders. Go to octanepress.com. The big question is, how's that stub doing? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. Uh-huh. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, uh, I lost a couple of fingers in a... Uh, motorcycle uh, incident and uh, short a few uh, a few digits but uh, my stubs are doing beautifully and I, I really appreciate you asking <laughs> unbelievable jade when you hang up with this interview with statman crash and yours truly you're gonna are you gonna say in your mind god those dumbasses or are you gonna say man i'm proud of those guys you know, it's a mix of both. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less because we didn't do this damn thing, start this thing 20 years ago to be everybody's buddy. No. <laughs> well, I am proud of you guys, whether you're dumbasses or not. Yes! <laughs> boy. Jade, great job. We appreciate your work, man. And more importantly, we appreciate what you've meant to motorsports, buddy. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, keep on keeping on, and uh, we'll talk in another 20 years. How's that? Damn. Thanks, Jade. (laughs) Thank you, guys.